Hey, good Thursday morning. Welcome into the Bruce Hooley Show, 98.9 FM, The Answer. I'm your host, Jack Windsor, Editor-in-Chief of the Ohio Press Network, and I'm filling in for Bruce Hooley. It was great to talk with Bruce yesterday. If you missed that segment, you can go to 989theanswer.com, click on the Bruce Hooley Show icon, and then go to the podcast section, segment three from yesterday, which is uh, 10 has that conversation. By the way, while you're at 989theanswer.com, make sure to go to the Give, Send, Go ad on the top of the homepage. You'll notice it has the Bruce Hooley Show icon. Click on that. There, you can donate to Bruce and his family and assist them in this critical time in his recovery from brain cancer and, of course, the brain surgery. Thank you to Josh Pick for setting up the Give, Send, Go account. And thank you for contributing. Um, your donations are pouring in, and that is super meaningful, I know, to Bruce. Bruce, we love you. We are praying for you and expecting your full recovery and return here in this to, to this chair uh, to be sitting behind this microphone that I'm honored to steward at 98.9 FM. Here's a public service announcement. I don't know if you realize this, but this week the new distracted driving law goes into effect. There was a grace period that's now over, and you can be cited for inputting GPS coordinates scrolling or texting while you're moving first citations will cost you up to $150 and of course fines and penalties go up from there now you can still hold a phone to your ear while driving and texting is allowed while you're parked or stopped at a red light but I would just encourage you as somebody who's on the highway every day and passes people uh, who are more often than not either scrolling or texting just put your phone down Focus on the road. Do us all a favor. Call 844-TALK-989. That's 844-825-5989. The phone lines are open today. If you'd like to weigh in on any of the many issues we've discussed this week, obviously we've talked a lot about the Radical Issue 1 proposed amendment that will allow abortion to birth and minors to get abortions and gender transition without parental involvement. I am shocked on the daily when I scroll my social media feed and find people who say things like, hey, I was out registering voters yesterday to protect abortion rights and to protect women's health rights in the state. Folks, you're missing the boat. This isn't about that. This proposed amendment would allow abortion to birth for matters of convenience, and it would strip you of your parental rights regarding some of the most critical issues that your kids could face, whether it's pregnancy or gender confusion. By the way, I'll talk with Pastor Brian Williams at 1135 this morning about issue one. Who's he? He's the black pastor who spearheaded the letter from more than 100 black pastors and community leaders from all over the state and all over the political spectrum. That letter is calling out the radical changes the proposal would enact, talking about issue one, and its potentially devastating effect on the black community. You're not going to want to miss that conversation. And if you call, you may want to weigh in on the removal of former U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, an effort that started with Florida Congressman Matt Gates moving to vacate, partnering with the full cast of Democrats in the lower chamber to make it happen. Now, some of you and some folks that I've talked with and uh, even my uh, partner on uh, Run It Back with Bob and Jack, a podcast that we do weekly, he argued that it was a waste of time. And I kind of see that argument, but I want to know what you think. I can tell you that Matt Gates, he's a Florida Republican, and Nancy Mace, one of the eight Republicans 
who partnered with Democrats to ouster McCarthy, they both cited the feigned efficacy of McCarthy's tenure. They discussed things like 8% interest rates that homeowners are now burdened with and how that could stop an entire generation of younger Americans from owning a home for decades. And, uh, you know, that's a result of out-of-control spending. It's, it's a result of uh, failing to live below your means, they, they argue. They also cited uh, this welfare-to-work effort from McCarthy as something that's blown out of proportion, saying that changes to the welfare-to-work program are combined with a blowout in the number of people who qualify for welfare, and it actually expands welfare access, which will only drive up spending. I don't know. Maybe you want to chat about the Ohio Redistricting Commission's passage of new legislative maps and the constant complaining of Democrats who, despite a unanimous passage of the maps that included their votes, they're screaming somehow that the maps are gerrymandered. Hey, in case you missed it, yesterday we learned that Joe Biden at this point in 2020 was seven points ahead of Donald Trump in the polls. Right now, 13 months ahead of the election, Trump is up one point on aggregate. That's according to Real Clear Politics and their average. Now, Real Clear is a syndication partner of the OhioPressNetwork.com. There's still an argument over whether Trump will get the nomination, but he's up 44 points on DeSantis. Biden, by the way, is up 41 on Robert F. Kennedy Jr. However, I'd suggest of the two, Biden is at greater risk for not being the guy versus Trump. Why? Several reasons. The biggest, Biden's underwater. Look at real clear politics. On the economy, 60% of Americans disapprove of Joe Biden's work. That's uh, 23.7% underwater. Foreign policy, 57% of Americans disapprove. Inflation, 65% disapprove of Biden's handling of the economy. That's 33 points underwater. Crime, 57, almost 58% disapprove. Immigration, 62.8, almost 63% of people disapprove of Biden's policy. I want to know what the rest of the people are smoking. Uh, That's 29 points underwater for those of you keeping track. Now, handling of Ukraine and Russia, 52.8% disapprove. He's only nine points underwater there. And I would argue that that's because a large number of Republicans actually favor handouts to Ukraine. And I might talk about later why I think that's a poor idea. The direction of the country, 66.6% of Americans disapprove of Joe Biden's America. 43.6 points underwater. I mean, this guy can't talk, so I know he can't swim. He's in trouble. And there's no longer a wonder about Bidenomics, which isn't this interesting. In many cases, first-term presidents will blame a lagging economy on the predecessor, not this bunch. They wear Bidenomics like it's some badge of honor, uh, owning this slide toward economic globalism and putting America last. And Americans have an experience with Donald Trump, an experience that right now, Voters seem to favor. I don't know how much stock he put in polls 13 months out, um, but the writing might be on the wall. And 
add to the disastrous policies the fact that, I hate to say it, Joe Biden looks more senile acting and lost looking every day. How do you expect this guy to get through the rigors of a presidential campaign? Can you imagine that? Are Americans going to accept Joe Biden campaigning from his basement again? And if he does, will legitimate questions be raised about who's really behind the curtain running the show in D.C.? I mean, you, our listeners, you are astute. You already know that answer. It's Obama. How else do you explain his continued proximity to Washington, D.C.? Name another president who didn't leave town and go elsewhere and start doing other things. Here's the question. Will Biden get the nod from Democrats? A couple of key things have already started to transpire. Gavin Newsom, Gavin Pretty Boy Newsom, is in the news a lot. Uh, Just over the weekend, New York City Democrat, Kathy Hochul. Did you hear what she said about Biden's border policy? Here, let me tee that up for you. I'm going to play clip one here. Well, we want them to have a limit on who can come across the border. It is too open right now. Uh, People coming from all over the world are finding their way through, simply saying they need asylum. And the majority of them seem to be ending up in the streets of New York. And that is a real problem for New York City. 125,000 newly arrived individuals. Kathy, that's a problem for all of America. And what a change. You were praising and lauding the open border. In fact, not long ago, if you stood up against the border policy, you were cited as racist, right? A, a, dare I say a nationalist. Well, the wheels are coming off there. And just last week, Bill Clinton came out of hibernation to lament the border crisis. Late yesterday, we learned Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is saying, no mas, no mas. We need to look at putting that wall up. Well, welcome. Welcome to the party, gang. Seven million people in three years. Hey, at 1235, I'll be joined by GOP candidate for U.S. Senate Bernie Marino. He's squaring off against Matt Dolan and Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose for the Republican nomination to run against career politician Sherrod Brown. He's going to have a lot to say about the border, about Bidenomics, about Ukraine. You don't want to miss that. Stay tuned on the other side of this break. Come back and listen to The Bruce Woolley Show. Welcome back to the Bruce Hooley Show, 98.9 FM, The Answer. I'm Jack Windsor, editor-in-chief of the Ohio Press Network, filling in for Bruce. Thank you for listening. Are you seeking a lucrative side hustle? The Alpha Beta Report is your golden ticket. They've cracked the code on turning humble accounts into towering assets. Get educated, get empowered, and let your money work wonders. Dive in at alphabetareport.com. That's alphabetareport.com. Senator J.D. Vance, he was in a GOP primary that I remember well in 2022. The Ohio Press Network then hosted four GOP Senate forums around the state of Ohio. And J.D. Vance was super impressive on the stage. 
He's quick-witted, has an incredible mind, and certainly doesn't lack confidence in the position that he stands in. Everything changed when he got Donald Trump's endorsement, and it caused quite a stir because there was an heir apparent at that time by the name of Josh Mandel. I think a lot of people thought either Josh Mandel or Mike Gibbons would represent the GOP in the race against career politician Tim Ryan. But it was J.D. Vance, and a lot of people said, I wonder if this guy is who he says he is. I remember someone saying if he governs a third as much as he talks the way that he's going to govern, he's going to be even more conservative than Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz under Ted Cruz. Well, <clears throat> J.D. Vance is, uh, is doing some work. Did you see what he uh, introduced? He, he has a bill that would require actual gender on U.S. passports. I mean, in a world of confusion, that's refreshing. He's gonna re- he wants to require actual gender on U.S. passports. He introduced legislation requiring a person's biological gender on United States passports. It's called the Passport Sanity Act. It would require the Secretary of State to ensure that all applications for passports, passport cards, consular report of birth abroad documentation include only gender designations of male and female, prohibiting any passport documentation that includes unspecified X gender designation. Vance said, the last thing the State Department should be doing is wasting its time and your tax dollars pushing far left gender ideology. There are only two genders. Passports issued by the United States government should recognize that simple fact. I am proud to introduce this bill to restore some sanity in our federal bureaucracy. Republican Texas Representative Chip Roy also introduced this legislation in the House in June. There are two sexes, male and female, and the government documents like passports should reflect that self-evident truth, the congressman told the Daily Signal in an interview. Passports exist to accurately identify people, not play pretend with radical gender ideology. Anti-science, radical gender ideology has no place in our government. It's time for Congress to step in and restore sanity. I'm proud to partner with my friend, Senator Vance, to advance this important effort. Now, lawmakers took action following the State Department's 2022 announcement that in addition to M for male and F for female, U.S. citizens will be able to select an X. Yeah, that's, can you believe that? An X as their gender marker on their U.S. passport ac- application. And we're not talking uh, Twitter X. Uh, like, we're just going to put an X here because we're confused. Uh, X is intended to mean unspecified or another gender identity. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said at the time, this definition is respectful of individuals and their privacy while advancing inclusion. I don't know about you, um, but if there are skeletal remains found somewhere, I'm pretty sure the scientific tests they perform come back with some pretty defined markers, male or female, within this age range. This, right, uh, probably this race. If you if you pull blood from somebody and you run testing on the blood, it doesn't say cis or X or 
any one of 192 other made-up iterations of gender, it says male or female. You know, I love the way that my former pastor put it. He's like, it's pretty simple. I was raised on a farm. Kitten was born. You went over, you grabbed it, you turned it upside down, you looked. It's a, it's a boy or a girl. It's a male or a female. The State Department website specifically states you do not need to provide any documentation, medical or other, to change your gender. Even if the gender you select on the application does not match the gender on your previous passport or other documents. State has boasted that it is, quote, the first federal government agency to offer the X gender marker on an identity document. It's unbelievable to me. I mean, I guess that means I can go into the bank. Heads up, Huntington, I'm coming in today. I identify as a billionaire. I've been studying really hard for two years. Um, I've even been taking some phosphatidylserine. If you don't know what that is, that's the stuff that makes sure that the dendrites in my in, in my neurons are are pliable so that I can create more synaptic connections and, and grow my ability to learn. So, hey, you need to go ahead and get that billion dollars ready and deposit that in my account today. Unbelievable, the world that we live in. And by the way, uh, J.D. Vance isn't stopping there. Uh, I don't know if you caught this yesterday, but uh, he slammed Biden Commerce Secretary over some federal regulations, and I think we have time to play this. I want to play this. Uh, Senator J.D. Vance grilled Secretary of Commerce Gina Raimondo at the Senate Commerce Committee hearing over the Biden administration's diversity mandates. Have a listen. And so I, I guess I'm struggling to make sense of the fact that we apparently have a shortage of skilled labor to manufacture chips on the one hand, and yet the Secretary of Commerce is telling people that they can only hire the people who check the right diversity boxes. That doesn't make a ton of sense. And it seems to be counterproductive to the goal of bringing this industry back to the United States in the first place. So first of all, there are no mandates. Second of all, it's completely consistent. What would you call the secretary with Secretary Mondo when the Secretary of Commerce says you must do this in order to receive funding? If it's not a mandate, what is it? What it is is that we are telling them they have to show us a workforce plan and we need to evaluate that plan. They have to show us a workforce plan in order to receive money from Absolutely. the federal government. And that is the definition of a mandate. You must do X in order to receive Y dollars. Let me, let me, make, this, let me make this point, Secretary Armando. Look, think about this from the perspective of a company that is thinking about locating a chip fabrication facility in this country or in China. From China, they get cheap labor massive subsidies and a government that seems to want to work with them from the United States. They get a little bit of money and a human resources statement that looks like it was written by a 22 year old gender studies graduate of Harvard or Yale, which let's be honest, it probably was written by a 22 year old gender studies graduate of Harvard or Yale. Why would you locate your facility in the United States of America when you get a human resources lecture from us, but from China, you get a whole lot of money and a whole lot of facilitation for your business. That is Senator J.D. Vance uh, grilling a federal official over hiring practices of companies seeking funding under the CHIPS Act. And uh, look, it's on. uh, Hey, we got to go to a break. On the other side of this break, we're going to uh, talk about more gender.